Yeah, I can just hold yeah, it. Yeah, yeah no, nice. it's fine. It, yeah. It's less awkward that way. It's, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's exactly how really. you do it. Oh, it man. Works. It works. All right. So how, how are you doing? Are you tired out? Um, no, I'm good. I you mean, great. Yeah, it's back to normal. Seen since, yeah. since the, Other than yeah. this little vampire yeah. wound, I'm oh, good. Nothing, man. Oh, makes me look tough. Yeah, you, you know, good. for my days on the streets. <laughs> days in the hood, yeah, yeah. You should see the other virus. Anyway, but no, it's, uh, it's no, good. That's the first time I've seen you since the big up people, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I finished treatments in September and um, was back to strength very quickly. about them that you uh, shocked you? or No, other than how easy they were. Really? Yeah, I think chemo's come a long way, you know, because yeah. the stories from our parents' generation no, are like, you know, they bring you to death and then they come a bit back. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, other than, you know, I napped a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I was a bit tired, but yeah. it was not this, you know, uh, kind of thing, right? So, yeah, it was not bad at all. Well, and, and to tell you the truth, I mean, this was potentially a life-threatening situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, the this statistics could have been bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a third of people don't make it a year. So uh, it's because it's bloodborne, right? So it can go anywhere. It's not localized. Now, when you were looking up statistics online, you're like, okay, where am I? Where do I fall in this distribution curve? And that, it's a little strange, isn't it? Because you're an individual, you know your case is individual, and yet you feel. Like I was absolutely certain it was not going to be fatal. I was absolutely. Yeah. I never had any doubt. I mean, obviously, I was scared, right? Because yeah. you know, I'm a sentient human being. Now, do you think there's anything to the idea that attitude actually matters? I think it helps. Yeah. I think it helps. I think it helps. I think that. If, you know, as we talked about, if the horror then starts to take you over and yeah. then you can't sleep and then you can't eat and then you just stress the whole time, yeah. then your body is going to have fewer resources to fight what it needs to yeah. fight. So I think, but I'm cautious about that because some people have a great attitude and die anyway. Of course. So I, I never want wanted to be like, dead, that's a bad, yeah, yeah. He had a bad if he'd had a better attitude, <laughs> he'd be with us right now. <laughs> right, no, so I think it helps. I don't think it's decisive, right. but I think it helps. Yeah, and I think, yeah, but I... Yeah. You know, I just I, this this that, that was not how I was going to go. Like, it's from my own mind. Yeah. Like, that just was not well, how you I was going to go. You look, look healthy and well on camera, but now yeah. seeing you in person, you look just amazing. I mean, your skin's very yeah. nice. And I, your eyes uh, are blue and beautiful. I was working out and uh, back yeah. to my full workout schedule and all yeah. that. So um, no, it's and I'm mean, a better person for it. You know, it's yeah. not how you want to grow, but there is growth in it, yeah. and uh, I feel so you're is, is more it like relaxed. That, that situation where people like. You know, they see the possibility of death and suddenly every day matters a little more than it did before? Or is it like that? Uh, worries don't really exist. Mm-hmm. You know, like this morning we were trying to get Mike and we think, oh, what if we're going to miss the speech and something like that? I didn't care. Look, yeah. I mean, I cared because, you know, there are conference organizers and so on, but it just doesn't matter yeah. fundamentally. Yeah. And That's criticism doesn't matter. I mean, if it's useful, use it. If it Like, it just... <laughs> my, You know, it's not like I don't care about anything. Uh-huh. My family matters. My friends matter. But... You know, the negative detritus that floats by, yeah. it, it just doesn't In matter. In fact, I would say that since since you've emerged out of this, your videos have become a little edgier. Yeah. Would you say? I am really trying to work the language muscle to see what it can do. Yeah. Because I've always, I've always sort of felt like I, I have more imaginative and in, in, innovative ways to communicate, but yeah. I've always felt like I don't want to appear crazy. Yeah, right. But you I, worry about you know, that. like I know, but I look yeah. at someone like Robin Williams who yeah. can just riff and come up with the most astounding stuff yeah. off the top of his head. Yeah. And I would like to, and I, I've talked about this with Mike. I'd like to work more of of startling and original forms of communication for what we're doing yeah. uh, to help to break through. So I have really tried to let myself 
go a little bit more and be less less self-censorious. Uh-huh. And because there is that fear, like if I just say oh, whatever's on my mind, I'm going to appear insane. Yeah. But I think I can trust that There'll that's really not going to happen kind of thing. Or, you know, or just like, he's gone off the deep end. <laughs> you know, I knew this would happen. Yeah. You know, I can't you believe it took this long. You the whole yeah, world's yeah. falling apart. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I, I definitely want to work more self-expression into what I'm doing yeah. like so that I don't feel like you know that old thing and I just don't leave anything on the table uh-huh. you know when you're playing your cards so you know just I want everything to go on the table everything that I'm capable of doing as a communicator I just want to have on the table without yeah. self-censorship yeah. without fear of appearing this or appearing that and yeah. so on and not feeling like I have to manage the horse yeah. but just you know kick the heels and see see where I can go uh-huh. and I'm really really trying to let that Would happen Would you say that's helped, helped your, your, your business or your career or yeah, or your, your I think presence so. In a way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mike, what have we been doing for? Tripled in the last year, as far as downloads. Yeah, yeah. so our, the downloads of the show have tripled in the last well, year. I know myself that you know when my feed comes across with a new video of yours, I pretty much have to watch it. You know? Oh, thank you. You know, even if even if you're saying. You end up saying absolutely nothing of any value whatsoever. Which you know, fifty-fifty, <laughs> fifty-fifty. You know, it, it's a code. Every third word, if you take every third word, there's the most important thing in the universe is there. Um, and it's also helped me to be more productively impatient. Yeah. You know, because growing up British, you know, you got to be so polite all the time. Yeah. But now, you know, you suffer fools less gladly yeah. when you realize, you know, your time is not infinite. Yeah. Because there's this weird time for me, like. Between like 30 and 50 men, like we don't really change that much. It's true. You know, there's nothing much, you know. And then, but for women, it's like, you know, fertility goes down and boobs sag and, you know, this kind of stuff, right? But for men, you know, I I weigh the same. I kind of look the same. I look at pictures of myself when I'm 30. It's like, yeah, I still kind of look the same as that guy. So there's this weird 20-year no time span for men. And uh, unless you get sick. (laughs) And then you get, oh, my God. I'm not in cryogenic freeze. I'm not in stasis, you know. Even though nothing's particularly changing, things are moving forward. And uh, so I guess the one thing is glasses. But, but yeah, so I, I feel much, much more relaxed uh, and um, more conservative with my time. Yeah. Uh, which, which I think is a really good thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and, yeah, definitely there is that save of the little things a lot more. Like your, sure. your Big Mac story, which... It's going to have the vegans picketing your ass or uh, something, you know? Yeah, but look, Come on, what's wrong with a lot of race once in a while? I know, I know. And I, I'm always cautious, too, because I don't want to whip up people into a frenzy. That meal last it's night good, was right? unbelievable. Well, it's engineered to be as tasty as humanly possible oh. without actually killing you on the spot. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, Twelve minutes later, you're toast. <laughs> you know, they, they basically, once the pay window is closed, you're on your own, but they need you to pay for the meal. And, and then, you know. You know what, I was like music driving on the road because I was starving. And, you know, the, and there were the M's. That's it, you know. They're going through the drive through mm. and just marveling at the speed. Mm. And it was five bucks. And then the... the, the, the you know, the aromatic, you know, sort oh, yeah. of the smell out of the bag and then putting the french fries in the oh, mouth yeah. and then the burger. It was absolutely mind-blowing. And McDonald's fries are amazing because I don't know, I taste, I don't taste any potato anymore. <laughs> no, no, All no. I get is salt and fat. No, and it's and a you good have thing. every incentive to eat them as soon as possible because, you know, <laughs> you don't know. Well, also if they go cold, you know, you can't break them. <laughs> They're salt minutes, at room temperature. Right? The minutes are going to be something they become horrible. tiny javelins you can use <laughs> to hunt hummingbirds in the back lot. That's about it. Tiny clubs you can give to the end men to oh, take over the world. I'll tell this funny part of it. So I walked, I went up to the window and I always sort of chat about these people anyway. But um, they have a new thing called the Homestyle Burger. I don't know, Homestyle Burger. And I said to the guy, I said, now listen, I've never seen this before. I mean, what is the story with that? He goes, wow. 
It's basically a quarter pound of a salad on it. With salad on it? Yeah. Well, they put lettuce and tomato on it to make it like. Oh, the okay. Quarter pounder doesn't, you know, I think it has a little chopped honey on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, but there's no like. Piece it's of the lettuce. least possible vegetables you right, can right, put right. on it without so putting no vegetables. So the homestyle puts like tons of vegetables on it. Right, right. And I said, would you, re- would you recommend that? Because I think I prefer the quarter pounder. So. That's right. Wow. So I went, yeah, I told him the quarter pounder. It was a funny exchange, you know. It's like, you know, um, it's a fast food place, but I like to talk to these people with microphones as if they're the major be of a fancy restaurant. <laughs> Could I get a booth for six, please? <laughs> Somebody near the jazz band. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. But I've never seen that on the menu before. It's just interesting. They're constantly adjusting. You know, say what you will about McDonald's. I mean, they love the consumers. I mean, they're, they're desperately reinventing themselves all the time. And they, they're successfully solid. You know? Yeah, well, they've lost, I think, one or two points of market share over the last year. So they're currently going right? through, yeah, they, they're what, being hit hard. By whom? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I assume that there's just some prevalence of people always eating. people trying to claw into that market. Yeah. And they have, of course, received a lot of negative press. Yeah. You know, the pink slime and the fear that oh, it's not meat and all this oh, kind of I know. stuff. I know. And, you know, I get, I get overly emotional about this because, I mean, the chicken and nuggets are actually negative. And there are real chickens out there, and people who raise those chickens, everybody's working hard you know, yep, to yep. make this make this good stuff for us. So, it's like I mean, it's like cheesecake. I mean, if you have a steady diet of cheesecake, you're going to get sick. Did but what's you know wrong that with cheesecake? happened to me one time? You what now? Did you know that actually happened to me? That you had a steady diet of cheesecake? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know the story? Yeah. No. I, so I had a friend who was in the cheesecake business, and gosh, she didn't have any customers, so I decided to become uh, one of the top, top customers. And so I said, I want a cheesecake every week on Monday. Well, I was now, like, not a piece of cheesecake. No, a like cheese- a full-on heart-busting wheel. Right. Of, yeah, like, like so, mortality. And right. I think I might have had a too too many at the time. You know, like too many drinks or something. When I ordered this in perpetuity, you know, a cheesecake a week until I'm dead. Until I'm dead. So it's nine weeks. That's, <laughs> so so that's actually, a self-limiting contract right there. Like, it actually happened to me. The doorbell rings on Monday morning. Here's my cheesecake. Well, wow. thanks. So, and um, it's, it's important that it comes in the morning. Yeah, you know, right. Because you wouldn't want that as an so afternoon breakfast, snack. Yeah, so it's <laughs> breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And uh, I found I had to eat a lot of cheesecake. Get one of the, and there's a big cheesecake. Oh. And then the next Monday would come ding dong. Here comes the other cheesecake. Well, sure enough. Now, this sounds like heaven that turns into hell. <laughs> you know, like it's like the <laughs> devil. He's like, oh, you like cheesecake, do you? <laughs> we have more. And we have devils to insert it into you. And we don't care how. And, well, and she would also, you know, she would like a chocolate cheesecake and then peanut butter cheese. Mix it up, yeah. Yeah, no, I have yeah, different yeah. flavors and things like that. But they're always gigantic. And I don't really, you know, have anybody share them with anything like that. So I would eat a full cheesecake a week. Well, sure enough, after six months, you know. I was Six having, months? Yeah, I know. Wait, I mean, wait, wait, wait. No, okay, stop like... the story right there. <laughs> You waited to check in on yourself wait, till six wait, months. Wait. Was I going to cancel an order from this nice woman? I mean, how am I going to cancel this order? Uh, you could donate it to charity. I, I you could, could uh, give it to homeless people. It was also could... really delicious. Oh, yeah, okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> so, but, you know, lo and behold, after six months, you I, know, wouldn't you check yourself I, out for I a kind of puffed up very yeah, yeah. And so I finally got the courage to call up and said, listen, I am... I adore you. My insurance think, company called. Yeah, this has just got to stop. <laughs> and she was sad. She was really sad. Sure. And maybe you're right. I should have shared it. She's going to share it or something like that. But I put it... And but you know, the, here's the funny thing, right? You want to help your friends succeed. And this is how people... We are irrational about money. Yeah. Because if you... I don't know. What's it? 20 bucks, 30 bucks for the cheesecake? Yeah, yeah. Thing? Okay. Yeah. But if you said, I'm going to send you 30 bucks a week, don't send me a cheesecake, she'd be offended. Oh, I think Even though right. she'd make more money for that because she wouldn't have yeah, to pay the time for the ingredients, right? No, the idea was to provide a demand for her as a as a chef, you know, yeah, to, yeah. To, to believe in the thing that she made. That's why I, I placed the order. Sure, yeah. Just to kind of shore up her 
her sense of confidence about who she was and what she was doing. Wow. And, and uh, those that she said. But it became a problem. So then... Did you, now, when you stopped, well, was that, it tough? Uh, like, had your body yeah. gotten used to that much sugar and fat? Yeah, and, and also I had to take the money I previously used for cheesecake and apply it to a gym membership. Oh, right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I had to lose all that. Right. <laughs> so How much like, did you gain? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure, but I mean, it was three or four inches around the waist. Oh, wow. Just like that. Yeah. Wow. Yep, yeah, really happened. Bigger trousers, you know. And you in denial for a while. You're like, oh, well. I, I'm These have just been washed. Yeah. So naturally, they're going to yeah. be a little snug. I'm developing a, a preference for looser clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You know. Right, my mod days are behind me. I don't need the pipe stem pants anymore. I'll just let it all hang out. Yeah, that's right. It was the one time that choice. I really puffed up in my life, and it's all because of that damn cheese potential. Well, and good for you for losing it, because it's tougher to lose later in yeah. life, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it was the, you know, exercise bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but this was some years ago. Yeah. Now I'm better. Uh, I know better to do that. So now I just eat <laughs> no, I don't eat McDonald's all the time, you know. I mean, it's, it's not as if I'm a fiend for this stuff. No, it's but nice no. once in a while. Oh, it's at just the right time. Yeah. You know? I don't know what it is. It's, it's the, as you say, this stuff is manufactured to Oh, I mean, they experiment. And like, and until your tongue has an orgasm, they keep mixing the sauce, you know? Like, until you actually have an out-of-body experience, hopefully not viewing your own bloated corpse in the grave. But, like, when you have an out, then, then okay, we're done. You know, we reach maximum human satisfaction. You know, and these people, you know, whenever I post these things, there's many people get so upset. And they say things about McDonald's that are a little too extreme. I can see sort of, as you said, not eating all the time, or maybe just to beat against it. But when people call it the most disgraceful, disgusting food on the planet, it's horrible. I mean, that's an implausible claim. Well, you know, I mean, I did a video talking about Justin Bieber. Mm. And the I number of music hysterics... That, that like I tried listening to his music and it was like oh. a cat attacking my ear and I couldn't it's like it's what? a song it's like maybe you don't like it but I it's know. not like evil it's there's, not like possession it's not so like right. there's a kind of hysteria it's, it's complete hysteria oh. I'm so sorry Mike we just added, added juice um, yeah but this this idea that you know I mean the guy uh, there's a video of him on, on his movie is wonderful by the way I don't know if you've ever seen it I know I'd like to it's brilliant it tracks his career from being a young kid you know, people just assume these people are like manufactured by some sort of corporate power or whatever. No, I think no, he's he was uh, a, like an early YouTube star when he was a, when he was a kid. I mean, like twelve or got, thirteen, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's got that real talent. I mean, serious talent. You know, they say, well, he's not a musician. It's like, oh, that he, just he's not he's, he's he uh, some breeze music. No, and I I see him uh, playing piano with uh, Carlos Santana on yeah. the, in New York yeah. uh, on on New Year's Eve. Yeah. I mean Ca- I mean no, Carlos Santana real, is a real musician no, and if you're real. doing a band with Carlos Santana right. you are a no, musician as far as I'm concerned. Musician from, I recognize the type. I grew up in music in a musical family. Uh, I watched this movie. I mean I know this kid. Yeah. I know who he is. He's multi-talented plays guitar he's saying, you know uh, and his shows are really like if you watch his live shows oh, I'm sure he amazing. is working hard. You know the you dance know moves it. the I mean that is hard stuff that to do. That is hard work. Yeah. I mean, any musician on tour Who's got a, like nightly gigs like that? Yeah. Oh my god! Where, 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 and even the guitarist, you know, but the the the, the, the dance moves and singing while you're dancing uh, is yeah. really hard. Yeah. Breath control, uh, yeah, and yeah. you have to be in tip top yeah. shape. And yeah, uh, yeah well, the, he works in the hard. movie, in the movie, I forget what it's called. It's uh, believe. Or believe, like, I think yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So they have him, and he's like, this is before his voice changed. So he's like twelve or something yeah. like this. They have him in a heart shaped um, thing with it like a bench that he sits in and raises up over you know the stage and yeah. then floats out into the middle of the audience so there are like 30,000 people here and he's like in the middle and kind of lowering it <clears throat> and he's playing guitar and then he stops playing guitar and singing a cappella yeah. sitting you know 
like I don't know, two hundred feet above and the crowd. He has and a glorious voice. It's beautiful. Yeah. He's moving around. His voice is beautiful. Yeah. He doesn't make a single mistake. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean that, and people put down that kind of talent. I mean, that's an inconceivable level of personal mastery. Yeah. To do something like well, that and courage. Yeah. I mean, he's he's thirteen years old for yeah. God's sakes. You know, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And you know, as I said in the video, like, so if you want to do music and they call you and say, "Come down and record a song with Usher and Ludacris," and I mean, are you going to say no? No, I I'm above that and so yeah. on. And plus. You know, he's a kid. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a got kid. a long career ahead of him. Who knows yeah. what he's going to do down the road. And all of this, you know... It's sweet that you mention him because I actually, <clears throat> on the flight over here, they didn't have the internet. And my battery and my iPad ran out. So I pulled out my uh, my phone and I actually had uh, the whole album, Believe. I oh, listened yeah. to it from top to bottom. Many different styles. Yeah. Uh, many different approaches. You know, he's got some samba in there, some rap. Yeah. You know, some just hard... Hard-edged sort of techno pop, and it was—it's just a fun album. I think I think it's alpha male envy. I think that <laughs> no, I do. I think he is the guy that the women are screaming for, and all the other guys are like, uh, he sucks. Yeah, and it's like, no, he's—you know—this is what the women, the girls, this is what they like, you know. And, yeah, and he's like, gorgeous. Oh, he's talented. Yeah. He's rich, you know. So there's a lot of beta male envy that oh, goes that on with this stuff. Be. That's a very you know, like, interesting because. Theory. You know, it's sort of like the way women feel like when guys look at the supermodels on Sports Illustrated yeah. and they say well that's what the guy likes but he'll settle for me who doesn't look like that right yeah. so women feel that and they yeah. felt that for I think approximately 250,000 years yeah you know? right and so right. the ideal female form is something that most women feel they can't possibly achieve and that the men will settle for them and kind of resent that right I see, that's right. the standard we can't achieve yeah, it, so that I resent actually the standard. a lot of things like, like there's another group called One Direction yeah. do you know them yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a boy band yeah. you know? well their music is pretty darn good, yeah. uh, they, good I'm sure they do a fantastic show like, like the Backstreet right. Boys before right. them and like uh, all those right. guys yeah. I didn't know and I'm a little naive until I watched the One Direction movie which I did that like basically a hundred percent of One Direction fans are girls. Yeah, I did not know this. Okay? Right. But that actually, you know, I mean, so you have that same. Effect. Oh yeah, so so and the guys are like, oh, One Direction, no, they suck. Oh, you know, it's like, good, right? you know, but that's because they're looking at that and saying, well, that's not me, and that's what the women yeah, want. They're, so of course they're, they're going to feel sexual envy, fun, right? Yeah, 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 they're rich, they're talented, yeah. you know. And I don't look like that, and I don't sound like that, and you know, I mean, Justin Bieber is an incredibly handsome guy, like from every angle, he he's is. just a perfect-looking guy, and. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think he's blossomed into an attractive young man, and yeah. you know, he's still and, working you know, hard on his music. Are also, the subject of a lot of envy too. Yeah, you know, it's like people want them to fail. Oh you yeah, know, the more successful people become, there's more people out there rooting for them. They're like, oh, you know, let's just hope he goes down in flames. You know, look, he threw an egg at his neighbor. What a jerk! Or you know, whatever. Yeah, like nobody ever did stupid things as a teenager. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? And this whole thing, like his blood alcohol level, that was all nonsense. Uh, I mean, now they say, well, he pled guilty. It's like, well, of course he did, because he's got to plea down because it's yeah. the government system. And nobody gets a trial, right? Yeah, That's what right. you do. You do. I, you plead out, you get down. We all plead guilty every time we get a traffic ticket. Yeah, Instead of, of fighting we it, we pay yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, unless you're in New Hampshire, then I think you go to yeah, the wall you, yeah. against sense and reason. Well, and, and you arrive with 300 other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's easier. <laughs> That's easier. But yeah, I think, I think the success envy is tough, you know. Although I do have a theory. Tell me what you think. I do have sort of have a theory I'm working on about how almost all great achievement starts as resentment. You know, like you because. You sort of look at someone doing something great when you're right. not, right? And to some degree, you want that, and you don't have it, and you right. resent that gap, and then you try and close it off, right? This is a history of enterprise. Uh, I used to I hate think. public, like I used to hate speeches that were good because I always felt I could go and do yeah, that. It yeah. bugs me that they're why aren't I up there? You know, you know, it, it'd be better if we sort of admired achievers and sought to emulate them based on sort of 
you know, love and virtue and that sort of thing. But that's often not the case. As you say, a lot of times it's just resentment. You know, yeah. you look at me thinking, oh, to hell with that guy. He thinks he's such hot shit. I can, I can beat that. Yeah, you now know, if you're willing I, to do the work, great. You know, yeah. if you just sit there and stew in resentment, then you're paralyzed, yeah. right? But I do think that a lot of great stuff comes out of society because you just resent all the success, yeah, right? Yeah, Well, and we look at success, and at least we have the models around us. It's one of the great, great things about um, free enterprise is it gives us, we're surrounded by examples of success and examples of failure all the time. You don't have to do anything. You just look around. You see who's successful, you see who's failing. That gives you a lot of information mm. on how to live, you know, what kind of profession to pursue, how to go about living your life, uh, what models to, to copy, what ones to avoid. That's a free gift we all enjoy. Just by living yeah. in an enterprising world. That's great stuff. That's like capital that's being dumped on us every day into our brains. That's fabulous. And there is also, I think the really successful people are the ones who end up mentoring. Yeah. And this is a very, I, I didn't really understand this until I got into the business world, the degree to which you can take enormous pleasure in helping other helping people, people succeed, yeah. not for monetary gain, but just for as a knowledge transfer. Yeah. You know, all of our knowledge is going to die with us, but the more we can transfer before we go, the better, I think, yeah. for humanity Well, this is part of what's driving, for me, liberty.me, is that I, I, I mean, this is not just like my platform. This is a platform inviting other people to come in and do exactly what I'm doing mm. with me right. and alongside me. Um, and the idea is that maybe I can help other people sort of become better writers. And, you know. and if you create a community, it will outlast you, whether professionally oh, or right. personally. Uh, you and get contacts with people that can outlast you. you oddly, uh, to me, um, that's a source of your own value. If you can ultimately step away from a project and see it flourish, mm. that's, I think it's to your credit, in a way. If you step away from a project and it just collapses, that's not so satisfying. Well, it means you haven't done the knowledge transfer that's necessary. That's right. I, whenever I was in business, if I would never hire anyone who I never thought could replace me because then you can't move up, right? I mean, yeah. you need someone to groom to, to be in the, the company that I founded, co-founded in 1990 is still running. Uh, yeah. I haven't been there for like over a decade right. and uh, it's still running and doing well, its thing. Well, and this happened to me also when I took on Liberty.me and you know this. I mean, when you're a CEO... Basically, that's what you do, right? I mean, I'm like all in. So I had a lot of other projects I was involved with that I had to kind of put on the shelf or just put aside or just step away from. Mm. Most of them have, have gone on. That's great. And I love that. Yeah. It's very satisfying. It's too much a burden, really, to believe that you're sustaining something on your own. Well, there's a... I think vanity and hoarding go hand in hand. Yeah. You know, like you hoard information, you hoard contacts, yeah. you hoard customer relationships, right. you hoard processes yeah. because you feel that makes you more valuable. But it just means you, you basically, the whole organization depends on you and it dies with you, which means, I think, pretty tragic. <clears throat> well, I think it's very interesting that you, you talk about hoarding. My, my mind immediately went to companies that are very mature and successful that turned to like IP litigation uh, as a way of sustaining uh, yeah. their profitability. It hardly ever works. You know, I was doing some research on the history of some of the big computer manufacturers and how they went belly up. Almost all of them resorted to IP, you know, in the year or two before their bankruptcy. Right. IP litigation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, whether or not they saw their, their fortunes declining and jumped on IP as a possible source of salvation, or they jumped on IP and, and got distracted yeah. from profitability and consumer service and over to litigation, and that caused their failure, I don't know. It changes it, the culture. It does. Yeah, there's so the intangible culture of a company it, yeah. it fundamentally alters when you go legal rather than creative. Yeah, and it's because enterprises naturally sort of 
outreaching all the time. Yeah. Enterprise is about broadcasting your information out there yeah. and evangelizing, finding more people to consume your product. I mean, there's an outwardness uh, and a social dimension to enterprise. Yeah. But, but IP litigation all about internal. It's all about this is mine, don't take it from me. That's it. You're right. That's a completely And they have ethos. to stifle innovation because whatever yeah. you inflict, you fear. Yeah. Right? So the companies that start launching to, to uh, against other people IP-wise, they have to have all these internal policies about be careful what you create because we don't want to be treading on anyone else because this sword is now out and we're in this fight, right? That's it. And so it's, you know, a lot of people become, and in the iOS world this has happened too, people become yeah. scared of patent trolls and just stop developing they for stop it. Developing. And that happens to companies as well. And then you get all these stacks of books on what you can create and what you can't and how and much then, legal has yep. to go through stuff and how many creative people want to stay in that environment. No, and then you get overly invested in the technology that you're using right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's our value. Yeah, no, throw it away. The book, like, your yeah. last book is useless. It's your next book that counts, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a transition for me about seven years ago or oh, so. Oh, as a writer? Yeah, so as a writer. So I first started yeah. by giving away the podcast but selling my books. Yeah. And... I realized I was spending about as much on advertising as I was making from my books. Right. And so I thought, well, if I give the books away for free, then they'll be handed out. It's like free advertising, plus my ideas are out there. And then right? you have to pay for advertising. And so I don't have to pay for advertising. <laughs> so I made that transition, and I think, Mike, what are we doing? 150, 200,000 book downloads a month? A month. That's, 150 to 200,000 yeah. free domain radio book so, downloads a month. And that must month. give you enormous satisfaction. Oh, it's incredible. But you were going to say something about how your next book like you got over the invest in your past book you were going to say something yeah. about that well when you have IP you can't, the value I is see. in the past right of what course. we made before whereas yeah. if you don't have IP then you it's your next, next book thing. that counts right you, yeah. you, IP just keeps you focused like it, an obsessive and, and compulsive at the past it, you're right and, and it's a change of mentality yeah. suddenly you realize I don't have to fear that tomorrow I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have a new idea. I'm going to have a new idea, right. and I'm going to put it in the right. and then I'm going to move on that one, and then I'm going to count on the fact that I'm going to have yet another idea. And you begin to have confidence in the future and confidence in your ability to generate. How many thought. bands would not have been one-hit wonders without IP? Because when you have a one-hit wonder, you've got so much money, and you can tour on that, and no one else can play it. And imagine how much human creativity would be all there. The time, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, some people they're obsessive about creativity, like Queen or whoever. They just keep making new stuff. Right. But there's a lot of people who are more reactionary. A lot of bands in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, the one-hit wonders is because they got so much IP, and all they do is focus on their old hits and get stuck in that rut. And That's an oh, it's terrifying. How many great songs never got written because people are focused on protecting past value, dead value, created yeah. and done. Yeah, I, was, I really am not of the mentality, like, whatever books I've written in the past, I'm not impressed by that. Uh, I'm not even impressed by when people introduce me and talk about all the things I've done in the past. I'm like, you know, when I stand up and speak right now... The past doesn't matter. No, I'm either I'm engaging now or I'm not, I'm like, right? What happens yeah. in the next 45 minutes is the way I'm going to be judged. And right. that's right. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Yeah. We have to think about that. Yeah, I mean, if you give a bad speech, it doesn't matter how many good speeches you gave before. <laughs> I mean, what, what does that matter, right? So I like and It's it. a little terrifying, but it's also invigorating. Yeah. I mean, it's a wonderful way to live. For God's sake, we wake up in the morning for every reason. There's some reason we open our eyes and start moving our legs in the morning. And the reason is so that we can do something spectacular. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not so that we can reflect on our past glories. Yeah. It's so we can do something today. And yeah, this, to do something amazing tomorrow. This fierce guarding of frozen creativity, uh, yeah. which is around IP, uh, is that just, is it kills. That is a really interesting yeah. insight. I don't think I've ever quite thought of that before. It, but it is a totally reactionary, backwards-looking way of thinking about the world. Well, and of course, 
then the desire to create the one-hit wanderer makes music much more conservative, which is why the radio kind of sounds the same these days. And it's the same thing with movies. They're so expensive now for government reasons and union reasons and to some degree free market reasons that everything gets so conservative. It's like, well, let's just make 21 Jump Street again or let's, you know, like make the, know. the third sequel or whatever because that's much more guaranteed. Right. And let's dumb it down to a worldwide audience uh, so that it's less language-based and right. so on. And, uh, and yeah, for a while there seemed like every movie I was going to was more or less one of three or four types of movies mm. and it became just ridiculously predictable to the yeah. point that I didn't want to even go anymore. I would yeah. just even walk out of them. So I love the flexibility and freedom of, of basically past creativity is something I flush. You yeah. know, it goes into the sewers and, and it's got to be what I'm cooking for the next meal that counts. Uh, no, I think that's a brilliant insight. And certainly as a writer, I've learned to do that too. When I'm finished with the project... I put that last period on there. I submit it. Yeah. I'm on to the next one. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's that's the only way I, I've learned to think, and it's it works for me. Yeah. Well, I hope that uh, people get that. Yeah. You know, that you get, but there's you know, always this fear you're never going to have another know, good idea. That's you know. Wrong. Yeah. Well, if you but if you focus on the past, you lose that muscle. Yeah. Right. I mean, new ideas are just a muscle that you have to work. And if yeah. you focus on protecting your past creativity, you don't get to work that muscle. And yeah. uh, it is, you know, I mean. I was still working on trying to figure out what I was going to talk about late last night, yeah. you know, uh, because uh, just trying to stay present. I, I used to do these speeches where I just rehearse and rehearse and rehearse, and they just came out all kinds of ways. Yeah, so I, I believe we're done. Thanks, right. Jeff, as always. Amazing. A real pleasure. Yeah.